When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Let's talk about the offensive coordinator search. As of this taping, there have been five candidates apparently interviewed that we know of. Uh, Reportedly, uh, Shane Waldron and Greg Olson from the Seahawks. Shane Waldron was the offensive coordinator. uh, Greg Olson, the quarterback's coach. Uh, Liam Cohen from the University of Kentucky with a background also with the Rams. Um, And then Clint Kubiak. Clint Kubiak from the 49ers is the fourth and the fifth Greg uh, Roman. is Greg Roman. That's right. Although Greg Roman was an odd inclusion, Dan, I think, uh, and I think he's ha- has experience in a lot of different areas, but when you hear Greg Roman, you think, okay, Lamar Jackson, Colin Kaepernick, thus Justin Fields. Yeah. Tyrod Taylor in between those two guys as, as quarterbacks he's worked with. Greg Roman's accomplished a lot in this league. A lot of it, has been based on the running game and his unique designs and his ability to get uh, rushing attacks that, that are unlocked in the two cases that you mentioned with Kaepernick and Lamar Jackson by highly dynamic athletes that are able to get out on the edge and roll with it. That said, I had a, a, a source very familiar with Roman's work in, in Baltimore say that, you know, the, the offense becomes a graveyard for receivers. Not long after I got that text, on Monday night, Des Bryant took that very thought to social media and put it out there that receivers aren't going to want to play there if Greg Roman is there. And so it is a, a, a there's a track record with Greg Roman of being very limited in the passing game. Uh, and so when you're trying to kind of take this next step in the evolution of 21st century football, you would think that you would want to have someone that's going to take a quarterback, wherever you choose to be your quarterback and, and, and launch them to the next level in with your passing offense and not just your offense in general. Um, there's a sentiment, you know, in, in Greg Roman's previous stops that, that there is a point where it becomes a little bit stale, uh, that his offense is good for two or three years and then it gets stale. And the folks in Baltimore couldn't have driven him out of town any sooner than they did. And he took this last year away from football. So um, these are things to consider as we're having conversations on those names there look like, Whoever the Bears hire, again, they're going to have to explain to us why they hired that person, and then along with that, what philosophically led them down the path of all the other interviews that they did. And back on Wednesday, when Ryan Poles did meet the media, he was asked about how this time around will compare to the last time around. Putting together uh, a coaching staff, yeah. Putting together a coaching staff uh, when he did so two years ago, and this is what Ryan Poles had to say. 
We're going to work really closely. Um, you know, I think when you first jump into this, uh, it's the speed is really it's up to speed, and, and there's a lot of coaches on flights all over the place. So, uh, and I was just we were both getting in the door. So, you know, I think we'll work hand in hand on this and, and have some really good conversations um, so that we we make the best hire possible. So that's in reference to how he will be working with Matt Eberflus to put together this list and pick the right coordinator. Dan, it stood out to me that of the guys that we mentioned so far that we know, there's no obvious links to Matt Eberflus, which I think does kind of raise the question about, is he putting together this list or is this this a list of guys he's interviewing at his general manager's behest? I mean, it seems like they're working closely. They are, uh, as you might say, collaborating on this decision and trying to find their way to a decision that works best for the Chicago Bears. I was a little bothered by that answer a day after that press conference last week, just because it was almost an admission that, yeah, you know, two years ago, we were both kind of new to our roles as general manager and head coach, and we kind of rushed to get a staff together. And in retrospect, it wasn't the best staff. And and so now we're going to take a, a second swing at this. And it's like, all right, well, you know, those two seasons we just lost with a, uh, you know, a coaching staff that now has had 10 members of it no longer part of the Chicago Bears is it's it's valuable time that was squandered because you were a little bit rushed in 2022 trying to piece things together I don't know what you thought of that when you and I think it it. also reflected what what happened after that kind of you could have predicted if if you want to go back in hindsight is 2020 but there was never maybe a, a cohesive plan to build a scheme around the 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 skills of the of Justin Fields and and I think maybe it did seem I don't want to say haphazard but certainly uh, pay as you go if you will um, make it up as you go along and maybe that was reflected the the haphazard way with which they approached the search because everybody was in a bit of a hurry. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Right. And you remember how wide the net was cast back then and how many different general managers and head coaches the Bears interviewed over Zoom. And then they had a handful of them in to, to, to come in the building. And then Ryan sat down with three, you know, Dan Quinn and Matt Eberflus and Jim Caldwell. Um, look, like the further we get away from this, we're going to get a lot more sort of nuggets and details of the last couple of years. Um, I will say this, when you reflect two years ago, and this will lead us into our next audio clip, Matt Eberflus was very convinced that the hire he was making of Luke Getze to run uh, his offense was the smart thing to do, that it was a a coordinator um, candidate from an offense that he as a defensive coordinator had consistent difficulty stopping. And he wanted somebody that ran that Mike Shanahan style, uh, Kyle Shanahan style offense. And and so um, Patrick Finley of the Sun-Times asked Matt, he said, when you, when you introduced Luke Getze two years ago, you said this was a hire that we made with great confidence because this was the system that we had uh, difficulty defending. How will that impact your search the second time around for an offensive coordinator? Here was some of that exchange. I think we have an open mind. You know, you have an open mind and listen to these candidates and, and do a really good job of uh, pulling that information and gathering it and then also making good decisions to who we hire. Um, there's a lot of different ways to do it. And uh, I'm excited about getting that going. What do you want to be good at offensively? It depends on who's available. 
for the skill, right? You know, what, you know who's available for that game. I think you have to do multiple that way. Um, and who are you playing? You know, is the team really good at stopping the run? And you're going to have to find other ways to uh, move the ball down the field. And I think that's what we're talking about, the multiplicity uh, of being able to, to uh, bend and adjust um, not only, you know, before the game, but also in game. That's an interesting answer. I, I didn't like that answer that much, to be honest with you. I, I felt like... <laughs> If you're going at you, you do want to be able to adapt and adjust that that almost goes without saying. But I also think that if you're asked what you want to be good at offensively, you know, it's, it's like there's a clear mission statement, I think, within every head coach that you want to be able to establish an identity. What is that identity you're trying to establish? And uh, I don't know that that answer should change week to week. Multiplicity. That was a Michael Keaton movie back in the nineties, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. yeah so, it was. so get get your movie posters ready for whoever they they hire, and you can Photoshop that face on Shane Waldron in Multiplicity. Um, they they so have to Mr. figure. Mom, that was going way back. <laughs> you know, it, like you have to figure out a way to unlock obviously the skill of your players, but you also have to have somebody that comes in with dynamic skin in designing an offense, and then obviously being. Um, capable of calling plays in a way that, that, that makes sense and puts your players in, in consistent uh, position to succeed. And, and so like Shane Waldron comes from the same family of, of offense here, you know what I mean? And so it's, it, you basically, if you do that, you're saying, we just think that he's probably going to be a better teacher and a better play caller than Luke was, but my sentiment, and this goes back a couple months as, as we've had this insane conversation in Chicago about Luke Getze's shortcomings. And as I joked with you before the uh, podcast, I'm, I'm surprised he's not in prison yet for how, how uh, badly he was skewered in certain pockets of, of Chicago for his work here. But, but the sense was that Luke wanted to run the same style of offense that Matt Fleur is running for Jordan love in, in green Bay. It didn't fit with Justin, Justin doesn't have a quick enough trigger and that's been documented now through the NFL seasons. It just, it's not the greatest marriage and he's not as good at taking some of the under center play action stuff and turning around and quickly seeing something and letting it fly into a window that may or may not be open at the time that he sees it. And so all of a sudden you've got a misfit between your quarterback and the coordinator and the Bears, but bless you. Uh, and the Bears spent, you know, chunks of two seasons trying to address the misfit between offense and quarterback. Something you can't afford in this next hiring cycle as you land on a new coordinator. And with that, David, you're going to talk to the five names that we just mentioned and presumably a handful of others before you make a hire. They're going to want to know, like, what kind of quarterback are you expecting me to work with? Because I need to know what I'm best at and how that marries up with that quarterback. Because clearly that was a misstep made in the hiring process of Luke Getze in, in having an offense that didn't fit the, the, the quarterback and then having to ask the coordinator to you know, recreate things within an offense that he might now not be comfortable with, with designing or calling in a way that best fits the quarterback. And you just spend two years kind of driving past each other in, in this, this weird, um, you know, fire drill situation that doesn't quite work. I can't imagine somebody who has an opportunity to take uh, an NFL offensive coordinated position. And I can't imagine that person, if they're that qualified, not asking that question or not knowing the answer to it, before taking the job, I, I don't think, even though the rhetoric will probably be otherwise, that if you ha- if you hire any one of the five guys that we mentioned, that they're not going to have an idea who the quarterback is or where the Bears are leaning. 
Which is it, why not I thought only, that, not only an idea, but a say, right? Like you, you're going to want to say in those conversations, you don't want to waste the next three months of your life letting other people right. decide who they're going to give you to to you know. Hey, here's your career. Uh, we're giving you this guy, and and this hire is the offensive coordinator, but really it's a, it's assistant head coach slash offense because Matt Eberflus will be calling signals presumably for the defense, and that's why I think that. Yeah, if you want say or you want an indication, you don't want to be taking the job because you think they're leaning toward Caleb Williams and find out uh, later that, oh, boy, you know, we're going to go back to Justin Fields. Oops, I just signed my contract. I I think that you want to have – the Bears are almost going to have to be – uh, signaling a direction, at least privately, to these these candidates or be willing to go in that direction before they make it public or before they get too far down the road, which is what makes me, you know, very – I think we're going to continue to qualify everything we say about Caleb Williams, but I, I, I think that they have to hire – when they hire somebody, they're going to know what they want to do and they're going to know what direction they think they're headed. Yeah, or they're at least uh... – open-minded enough to, to, to know that coordinator a can be in the front seat of the decision-making process during the pre-draft process to say, look like for what we want to build here collectively, this is the vision. And we have to find a quarterback that matches that vision and go down that route. The other thing to, to consider here is if you are Ryan Poles and you have any questions and clearly he's never going to vocalize these publicly and he may not even vocalize them privately. If you have any questions about Matt Eberflus's long-term prospects as a head coach, an ideal situation here would be to hire an offensive coordinator who could potentially lift your offense to new levels and then jump into a head coaching role if needed, right? Like if you needed to, to pivot in a new direction, pretty uncomfortable, um, type of thing to try to hire with the incumbent coach in place, but certainly something you shouldn't discount if you are making those decisions at Hallis Hall uh, so that Chicago's biggest fear, which we addressed on our last podcast, that avoids that, you know, and, and if that fall does occur, that you've got something to break it. 